Hey, everyone. Uh, we are Dara and Chelsea, and we're semi-pro in TO. Welcome to our inaugural podcast. Ooh, inaugural. Yeah, super excited to get started. Um, so, semi-pro in TO, why, why that? Um, Dara, why are we semi-pro in TO? Oh, my gosh. We are mid to late 20-something-year-olds <laughs> living in <laughs> Toronto, um, which qualifies us for almost nothing <laughs> as we try to adult through this life yeah this wild city that we live in this beautiful lovely city that mm-hmm. we live in we do love mm-hmm. it here um but yeah we are definitely not pro at anything and only semi-pro at some few small things mm-hmm. things that we will for sure discuss on our lovely podcast that we welcome you all to now uh so who are we who, who are we who are we who are you who this is a great theme for our semi-pro podcast <laughs> our life question of who am i who am i we're gonna ask very philosophical questions on this podcast obviously um this being the first one dara tell me who dara is who dara is who dat who dat um i'm a scientist i'm here i moved here from vancouver to do graduate school i'm currently doing my PhD in molecular genetics. I'm in year 10,000 of forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. The never-ending PhD. The never-ending PhD. Classic student. Although, someday I would like a real job. We can talk about that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Topic for another time. <laughs> Topic for another time. Yeah, an exciting podcast episode where Chelsea goes through my resume <laughs> and tells me what I'm good at and what I should do for the rest of my life. Yeah, coming from a person who knows absolutely zero about the scientific world. And sometimes you talk about, like, do I want to go on the research track or do I want to go on the corporate track? And I'm often like... What? <laughs> so there was actually a funny, funny story. There was a time when we were at Tim Hortons and we were meeting Agatha and we were talking about what you were doing in your, in your like, mm. like, what is it that you do in a PhD? What do I do? Yeah. And I was just like, what, what is like your day to day? Like, what is mm-hmm. it that you're trying to prove? And I like, I, to this day, I cannot actually explain what it is that you're doing. That's fair. Yeah. And I remember being like, explain like I'm five like what is it that you are trying to accomplish and I because I like couldn't grasp why a PhD takes so long and then you Mm -hmm. outlined for me you know the whole you look at a thing one day and then you look at it like over multiple amounts of time and it just like extends and I just couldn't fathom something I don't have the commitment to that kind of thing so I just like could not fathom that it takes that long to do anything so my point is is that I don't understand at all what a science is so when I review said resume I will sit there and say Mm-hmm. Oh, don't worry. It's mm-hmm. not technical. <laughs> the, uh, the technical would be if I gave you my CV, which would be a curriculum vitae. And that would make zero sense. Zero. But when I give you a resume, it will have to make sense to everyone that I want to hire Very me. You. So it right. will have to 100% make sense. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yes. But segueing not at all into Chelsea, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible segue. Um, yeah. Chelsea, that's me. Um, I am not a scientist at all. I also am not a transplant to Toronto. I grew up here. Um, so I'm from Markham. I Went to U of T, though. That's something you have in common? Hey. I forgot about that. I went to U of T. I also went to UBC for a year because I was very... That's ab- also something we have in we common. We do! I lived in BC for one whole year. Um, I liked snowboarding, so mm. I went to school some of the time and snowboarded most of the time. It was grand. I was I'm shocked we've never been snowboarding together. I think it's because we both are 
short on money and time yeah, these days. True. Yeah. And the snowboarding here is so miserable. It's like when you've also snowboarded true. BC, why would you snowboard in Ontario? Because mm-hmm. it's misery. Um, so yeah, so I did BC for a year and then I came home and went to U of T, studied political science mostly double minored in English and history Why? so that I could go to teacher's <laughs> college because teacher's college doesn't love political science at all. In fact, it hates it. So I did an English history double minor, which funny enough, you have to take English courses to get the English degree. That's fair. I did have to take Makes English courses. Your story checks out. Yep. But a lot of the political science courses that I took counted as history courses because they, I took political theory. I was like big into the whole, oh. you know, the theoretical side of politics, like why why do we think the things we do about mm-hmm. politics so because i took a lot of theory courses they're like histories of political thought and stuff and so actually they a lot transferred over as history credits so in reality i actually only took 3 history courses at U of T that were actually history courses interesting yes and actually one of them or i guess technically so I technically took four because one of them was my science requirement. Like, as a scientist, you would have had to take an English requirement. And as an arts person, we had to take a science. And my science was the history and philosophy of science. So, <laughs> HPS. Good, good workaround. Yep. I remember having to do all those workarounds. We, yeah. UBC made you take a lot of breadth courses mm-hmm. to make sure that you were doing stuff in arts, that as a science major, you were still well-rounded, yada, yes, yada. I remember that. You, and you would do that. And yeah, and you would just, like, try to cheat, like, yeah. assiduously and be like, I think this earth and ocean science course <laughs> is an arts course. This counts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely know that to be true from my first year at UBC where I took a general, like, basic, which I did appreciate, though, because... I tried economics, which isn't something that I would have otherwise tried, but I really I enjoyed it. I did also it. try Econ 101. Yeah. <laughs> I did that, Econ 101. I'd also do yeah. Econ 102, I think. Um, but I liked it a lot. But at UBC, because you do the breadth courses, they don't require, like, U of T's real specific. Like, you start yeah. at the beginning I've exactly where you want to end up, and you have to, otherwise you don't get the prereqs. Ooh, and yeah. Econ had a math prereq, which I... I attempted and absolutely failed. Mm-hmm. Um, math 133, if anyone's curious. Um, and it's real hard, and it's calculus. And they tell you that you don't need calculus in grade 12 to take this course, which is a lie. That's and a the lie. prof said in day That's one, if lie. you don't have calculus, you will fail. Mm-hmm. Which I, I didn't fail because I dropped it, obviously. Um, but that one, you needed to do econ. And mm-hmm. I so then couldn't go into an econ degree, where UBC didn't have that same requirement. Like, you could just go into econ if you wanted to. Um, so I did kind of regret that about moving back to U of T, is that I missed out on getting to take econ. Because even though it was math, I liked that kind of math, where I hated that yeah. stupid theoretical calculus shit. Right, but like... <laughs> like Economic theory is interesting. Yes. And all of those. Yes. So that part I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe in the long run it was for the best. Who knows? I mean, being in science does not make you good at all of science. <laughs> <And> <laughs> being, I was, for my resume the other day, I was trying to figure out how to calculate my GPA from undergrad, and I still don't actually know what you're supposed to do. Do you use the whole time that you were there or do you use one of the time like years you were there like the most recent one you use all of them yeah Yeah. okay so first year you still have to take all of the base like physics 101 like math 101 things like that and so my gpa is 
garbage. Yeah. Like, I was just like, let's forget first year ever happened. Mm -hmm. I just had to get past those requirements to then go to, like, second year science, third year science, fourth year science, and never take physics or math again. But, like, yeah, I can't put my GPA on a resume because it looks bad because of first year. Yes, yeah. I was just like, oh. Yeah, I also can't put my GPA on a resume for two reasons. So, first one being that at UBC Kelowna, like Mm. Okanagan, that's where I went my first year, I... I know that universities will tell you kids that it doesn't matter what campus you go to, that it's UBC or it's U of T or whatever. It is a lie because Kelowna is very small. So UBC Okanagan is very small. So your competition in class is much smaller. And I did very well in first Ah. year. It was so, it basically felt like high school. I did very well. I was significantly better prepared, I think from like, I went to a really tough high school. So like, I was just better prepared. I did well in my first year. I didn't even go to class that often, but I did try and I did well. Then I went to U of T and U of T St. George. And so downtown campus. And it is, it was difficult. I did very poorly in my second year because I was not prepared for the level of the classes and all that stuff. And then I did much better in third and fourth year. But that was, like, the main reason why my GPA is low, because my second year was a real jump. Just based on hearsay, I've I've heard that U of T is the hardest university in Canada in terms of competition, in terms Mm -hmm. of... A lot of international students here, yeah. Yeah. No, it's In terms of just feeling terrible about yourself and your life and university. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not really sure how helpful they're, like, they are with mental health or anything like that. As far as I hear, terrible. But I would like to know. I think that what I've heard for grad students, it's not bad. Mm. Um, The resources, the campus resources available and things like that. But as an undergrad, I couldn't say. Yeah, I never used it, but I don't know. But I did, in my fourth year... I was missing one credit. Like, I was shy one credit to graduate. Why does this always happen? So I've heard 10,000 U of T stories like this. I think it's because it's so competitive to get into classes. So in my second year, I only took three courses instead of four. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, instead of five. Um, like, three full credits instead of five. And right. so then in fourth year, um, and so I get in the summertime, I was working, and I just didn't feel like doing a summer credit. Yeah. And then, and it's because I didn't get in the courses I wanted to get into. They were full. Which is just what happens at U of T. There's thousands, billions of people. So I didn't get in. And then in fourth year, again, had to, like, battle for my classes. Um, and, and in third year as well. So in both those years. And then at the end of fourth year, I had taken all five in, like, third year and then all five credits in fourth year. And it's just, it was so many, I couldn't take an extra. So then at the end of fourth year, I was short those two credits from the second year. Uh, so I had to take summer classes. And it was fine. I took, like, a, I don't know, I took, like, a third year philosophy course whatever. for my one of them. And, but then the other one, I took a first year sociology course which seems like a great idea a mistake? big mistake <laughs> because the the philosophy course i tried it was a hard course it was taught by tas and they're they th- think that they own the world so they were ridiculously hard to mark with like they right. were hard to work with mm-hmm. i think maybe slightly different in science but in in this philosophy course they were tough to work with but the yeah. sociology course was a first year and i did not attend lecture i did not buy the Oof. book i did not attend tutorial i did not do anything and I just walked in and wrote the exam, um, which was fine. I passed. I got a 66, 66 or something in the first sure, one and, sure. like, a 65 in the second one, which uh-huh. was it's fine as a pass. But I didn't think to do the course pass-fail. So now I have a 60 on my Shit. GPA. Yeah. yeah, which is just a stupid first-year course that I literally got a 60 in with zero effort. Mm-hmm. Literally just wrote the test. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, perhaps if I had actually tried, it might have been better. But it wasn't. And so now I can't put my GPA on anything because it's misery. And <laughs> this is... This is something that is 
a little bit wild to think about. I we were watching um, one of the John Mulaney stand-up sketches mm-hmm. on Netflix the other day, um, and he has this bit where he talks about um, how. Like, he got mail the other day from his alma mater asking for money, and then he would... It makes sense. Like, you complain, you're just like, wait, so I already paid you X amount of dollars, like thousands and thousands of dollars for ed- for this, and you want more money? Um, <laughs> but also, he has this line in there where it's amazing because he likened it to um, making a murderer. Okay. <laughs> where he's just like... You know, you're just barely 18, and you just sign your life away, and you agree (laughs) for four years that you're going to pay this amount of money every year, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, (laughs) who lets you do that? Oh, the the injustices. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's true. Yeah, it's true. Like, who... Like, you're just trying to... Make it through because someone told you that you had to go to university. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you can speak to this way more than I can. School, like the classic school system, not for everyone. Yeah, definitely not. Post high school, especially, not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, but having to, at that young of an age, when we're just babies mm-hmm. we're still pretty much just babies oh absolutely now. we're big babies at that point yeah. um agree to this huge commitment this huge time money life commitment yeah. and then you maybe go to the classes yeah. you maybe try and yep. <laughs> and then you maybe end up with a degree at the end maybe maybe but and then you end up with no job because it no doesn't jobs. matter anymore yeah and like in a field you don't know anything about nor do you care about mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I mean, university is a, is a very strange beast. It's a business in many ways. I mean, wow. I think most people would say that it's a business. Yeah, as someone who's in grade 33, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a strange business. <laughs> grade 33. Someday, someday real world. Yeah, university is strange. I think because, like, for ex- all the reasons you said, but also because, like, it... I know that in if in different areas of the world they definitely go about it differently. In specifically in Canada though, um, we we go about it in the way that you have to prepare in ninth grade. Like you have to have decided in ninth grade that you in Ontario at least. I'm not mm-hmm. actually entirely sure about BC. We have very different systems in mm-hmm. all the provinces. But in Ontario, you have to have decided in ninth grade that you are going to university. By which I mean in ninth grade, you have to have decided if you are taking academic courses or applied courses. They literally call it that in ninth grade. So in ninth grade, you've already been categorized as an academic student or an applied student. And then in your, like in a grade nine mind, you're like, I don't really know what I want to do, but I guess academic is harder. So I'll take applied. And then, but then like, what do those labels tell you about yourself? Exactly. Like, what are we telling ninth graders about themselves that you're an applied student or an academic student? Like it's a huge, it's a huge, like, What's the word I'm looking for? Like a like a brand. Yeah, like branding. you're almost like branding somebody with something. And so if you don't take academic courses, if you take applied, just like college is all applied stuff, you can go to college. You can go in the college route, which in Canada. You know, in Canada, it means you're doing usually like trades or it means you're doing more hands-on things. Like college and university are not the same thing in Canada. They're very different. They mm-hmm. require different prereqs, they require different everything. Um 
college generally being um, less like like less academically difficult to get into, except depending on the program that you apply for. Um, but it doesn't require academic courses in university to go to college, whereas university, you are required to take academic courses, and then eventually in grade 11, you switch to university college. They literally identify them as university and college courses. Mm-hmm. So if you take, you can take college math or university math, but you can't take university math unless you took academic math. So right. if you decided in grade 9 that school was hard and you went and applied... You're, you've decided at that point you are no longer eligible for university. Which is bonkers. It's bonkers. You're, 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 nine. you're 13. 13. Yeah, you were 13 when you were choosing that route. And that's mm. insane to me. And then you get to midway through high school where you're planning out your university, mm-hmm. quote-unquote university courses, and you have to decide at that point whether or not you're going into the sciences or the English courses. Right. English is the only required course in Ontario in grade 12 to take, and everything else is your own choice. Mm-hmm. So... You have to sort of know at that point. Like, I had to know in grade 11 that I wasn't going into sciences. Yeah, that is so interesting to me to realize that you still have to, like, English, grade 12, English is the only mandated course. Yes. And then in university requirements, you still have to take, in UBC at least, first year English. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow, (laughs) (laughs) the third year university course that I TA for which has a huge essay science writing component to it. Just the breadth of essay <laughs> quality yeah. is amazing yeah. to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very, very interesting. Where does all the English go? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not taught that well to begin with, so I let's. Guess. Yeah. I mean, like, when we teach English and even in grade 12, like, I don't know. It's a struggle. Mostly because kids hate it. So it's really hard to teach because kids are just like, this, I've done it for a hundred years. I'm done, you know? And so they're just done with it. They're not interested. They're not feeling it. Some high school teachers are teaching like the most boring books ever, or they're teaching stuff that kids are not into. amazing because I, yeah, you feel like you've been doing it for a million years by grade 12. (laughs) But yet we still suck at it. Yeah. Um, And like, I feel like I only learned how to write Mm. like deductively and clearly and concisely and with like structure formats where you know you have an introductory topic sentence and you like go somewhere with it and you sort of wrap it up at the end they should have taught you that (laughs) and i'm just well i'm sure they did (laughs) but like i still didn't figure that like and maybe just like i'm less inclined towards writing and it's been hard for me to find my writing voice for a long time Mm -hmm. but that was like you know two years ago yeah. <laughs> and you're in ago. grade what 33 <laughs> <Three>? yeah <laughs> and I'm like yeah and I'm like somehow eligible to TA these make judgments on these <laughs> undergraduate students but yeah it's you know how they say it's always easier to critique than yeah than to but yeah that was like I'd been technically learning English forever but it was not clear to me how to write well mm. even though I've been learning how to write yeah for a long time yeah yeah, it's a strange beast. I don't know. Dara? Mm-hmm. What is this podcast going to be about? <laughs> what is this podcast going to be about? Um, it's obviously going to be us rambling <laughs> about the aspects of our life. Um, certain aspects of my life being that I'm a scientist, I'm a graduate student, um, I play Ultimate. Do you? <laughs> I play Ultimate, too. Chelsea and I both play semi-professionally 
<laughs> is there such a thing in Ultimate? I think there is. Wouldn't the um, rush be classified as semi-professional? I'm pretty sure. So what's like minor league baseball classified as? Is that amateur? Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know. When or do you start getting paid? This is a great question. I think, yeah. So yeah. If you get paid, having, you're not amateur anymore. Right. So having some sort of pro, semi-pro or pro means you get paid. Well, I mean, isn't semi-pro that you can work another job? So, like, if you're pro, usually, like a pro... That's your job. Yeah, that's your job, right? You play that sport. And I know for, like, like for hockey, for example, you can be in the, not the NHL, but the... Right. Yeah, the The league under that. Um, You can... You can be there, like, playing for the Marlies, and that's your mm. job. That's your professional life. Okay. That's your job. For sure. Whereas, like, the ultimate Frisbee team in Toronto that's our professional team, quote-unquote professional, um, they all have jobs. That's not, like, they don't get really paid. Like, I think they don't pay for where they go, and they don't, that maybe, maybe they take home a small amount of money. But No I, one is quitting their day job. No one is quitting their day job. Yeah, they yeah. are working, so. Yes. And then the league vote. The level below that would be us, basically. Where we play yeah. to go to nationals and, and world regionals. And, yeah, and all those kinds of things. Like, that level would be the under pro. Yeah. And if there are tiers within the under pro level, we're certainly a lower tier. Um, <laughs> working our way up. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, like, there are other teams in the city that are better than us. There are certainly teams in the country that are better than us, as in lots mm-hmm. of them. But... Yeah, I think we're like pre pre professional, pre professional, pre semi professional, oh, pre semi professional, pre pro, pre pro. Yeah, we're pre pro, pre semi pro. Uh huh. Um, anyway, we do play frisbee together. We're on the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, we can definitely talk. We're definitely planning to talk about ultimate and like what it is, <laughs> why we play it. What ultimate is? Yeah. Now that it is summer and we are moving into the touring season months. Yeah. We will talk a lot about our women's team. Yeah, we play only with women. Yep. Yep. It's better that way, we think. Um, but Ultimate is typically played mixed. I would say that's like its origins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as with most sport origins, 100% men yep. slowly letting women into the club. Did the Ultimate start that way with men only? You know what? That I might actually be don't know false. that that's You're true. right. Yeah. And I feel like there might be a bunch of documentaries there was a, there's a Netflix year. documentary documentary about ultimate that's it's narrated by Alec Baldwin and oh. um, it is about the origins and I'm pretty sure the origins were mixed except most of the movie is about men because they're the ones who are always like like at the high college level or the high right. whatever level like they were the ones so right. but I'm pretty sure it did start sort of trying to be inclusive sort of trying to be inclusive and then they've moved really far away from that and are slowly slowly working back to being an inclusive sport which is something we'll talk about you feel like it moved further away from inclusivity over its evolution as a sport yeah absolutely because I feel like if initially it started as like a a co-ed sport and that's sort of been it's like MO all these years I would argue that having a professional league that is men, except for, what, two women's players? I can only think of one, Jesse Schaffner, who plays in the States. But um, if if it's now has a professional league that's men only, like, what makes us any different from any other team? Because we aren't a mixed sport anymore. If we were, our pro teams would be mixed. Right. Or they would be, you know, 12 men, 12 women, with seven on the field at a time, alternating men and women points. Like, that, to right. me, is the ideal professional league, is you have... The men play a point, the women play a point. The men play a point, the women play a point. Whatever it is. Or men play two points, women play two points. Right. I guess trying to 
like to play devil's advocate thinking of any professional sport or Olympic sport at that level of competition and play and skill, is there anything like that that's co-ed? No, no, definitely there isn't. Like historically the division has always been like once you get to a certain level. A certain level. And it's just, you know, there has to be like a men's division, there has to be a women's division. But why does there have to be? So and so for example, like with Ultimate, it's not like I'm saying a man is going up against a woman. I'm not pitting them against right, each other. Right, that's exactly true. Yeah, like yeah. I'm saying seven women play right. versus seven women, right. and then they do that for two points. You receive, you yeah. pull, whatever. And then the next two points are played by Yeah, that men. is very interesting. So what do we think professionally there aren't mixed Mixed teams? teams. That's what I don't. That's the question of the mm. age. Um, and I think men love to argue that men's sports get more watched or they there's more viewers or it's more exciting or whatever. This is what people argue. Not just men. Women argue that too sometimes. Um, but I, I don't know. I think, like, statistically you can look at sport Like, women's college basketball does very well. Um, female tennis players do as well, if not better, than men's t- mm-hmm. male tennis players. Um, like, there are other sports where it's... I, like, I think... This, the 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 research shows that men's sports have more viewers because they show men's sports more and on better times right. and better channels. Yeah. So it's you're a, going it's to a watch. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So like play women's sports, like have the pro league be women for a year. And I don't think you would see a shift away from watching. I think it would actually only increase the interest in the sport mm-hmm. because it would be the only sport that had a women's pro league only. Mm-hmm. Or do it the way we're saying, have it men and women. Then it's then it really is equal. Though some f- people in the community would argue we don't need equality right now. We need equity. So an yes. interesting discussion. An interesting discussion that we should at some point revisit. Mm. But yeah. I mean, our own team is women only, so we don't have to necessarily worry about that. We just play with women. Um, our team is called Knox, which is a super interesting play on many things. <laughs> um, mostly the the Okay, I always say this wrong. I don't know if it's the Greek translation of the Roman goddess Nyx or the Roman translation of the Greek goddess Nyx. I'm not. I, I'm going to screw that up again. I just screwed it up again. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's Nyx. I wanted to say something <laughs> very like, <laughs> like, did the Greeks come before the Romans? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So Greek, so Roman translation of the Greek. Maybe. Yeah, it's the Roman translation of the Greek word Nyx. I'm going to go with if that. If we have any... Historical accuracy, that's the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, sticking with it. So, yeah. Nyx, but we changed it. it was, the Roman translation is Nox, which we liked better. Um, also, yes. because Nox is... What is it, Dara? What is Nox? If I say Nox with Ooh. a swish of my wrist. We have a Harry Potter team. We do. We have a Harry Potter theme team. It's a spell. <laughs> the spell turns the lights out. It's great. It's great. It's Goddess great. of Darkness. The Goddess of the Nighttime. Well. Which... J.K. Rowling was famously, she sources lots of her spell etymology. Yes. From those kinds of things. She does, yeah. So Knox would have been, like... That's probably where she got it from. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Like, Lumos is the turn the lights on one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that one's self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Knox is our team. Um We'll talk know. lots about it. Yeah. Um, because so many we things. love yeah. Ultimate. Yeah. Um, I think we gave a little bit of flavor of this. We also love feminism. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely going to talk about feminism in Toronto and kind of like what our, like, 
experience with it has been, kind of like how we see it on a day-to-day basis. I think I would argue that we're generally a pretty good city, though I think there's also things to be said about, like... I think we're probably around the norm for a lucky to live in a large metropolitan city in Canada. Yeah. As... um, privileged class people yeah 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 i think uh i think it's something to explore Mm -hmm. i try actually now that we're doing the podcast to think about that kind of stuff more so that it's like what can we tell the listeners like about what it is in the city um (laughs) oh yeah i guess we should talk about toronto a little bit a little bit yeah (laughs) toronto the great city that we live in that we live in the very large city it's it's very large over I mean, are we almost at 3 million people? I feel like we're close to 3 million people. 2.2... 2, I'm going to make this up. I always thought we were, like, close to 4 million. No, I don't think so. GTA? I always try to... I always, like, make the comparison when people ask me the forever party question. Oh, you're from Vancouver. Which which city do you like better? And it's just... <laughs> oh, like Toronto versus Vancouver? Yeah. Um, and one is my hometown, and one I obviously chose to move to and live in yeah yeah so it's like i don't know what do you want from me <laughs> they're also like extremely different it's a west coast exactly. versus it's west versus quote unquote, quote unquote east. east coast yeah i feel like um, east coasters don't like when we say that i usually say yeah. toronto is four times bigger than vancouver it is yeah it's huge so that's obviously going to make a big difference um so according to Wikipedia, because where else do we get information from? Mm-hmm. Um, so the population of Toronto proper is 2.7 million, mm-hmm. and it's the largest city in Canada, fourth most populous in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't believe it is surpassed Chicago or is bigger than Chicago. 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 New York, LA. Mexico City is up there, I'm pretty sure. Huh. Pretty sure Mexico City is the biggest. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's the fourth largest in North America, and it's population of the greater Toronto area, which, for those of you who don't know, Toronto has uh, a million, um, like, other areas around it that consists of the greater Toronto area but aren't technically Toronto. So, like, Mississauga is its own city. Markham is its own city. Um, whatever. There are others. Um, Etobicoke, whatever. Those all make up the greater Toronto area, and there's a population of over 7 million in the oh, greater wow. Toronto area. Yeah, it's yeah. a 7 point... So it's either... No, sorry, 6 point, six point four. so almost 7. So it's, like, 3 to 6. It doubles. Yeah. Yeah, it doubles. And, like, Ontario's population is just over 13, so we're basically half of the oh, whole wow. province. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Toronto's huge, for, Toronto's for huge. the record. Toronto's huge. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like living here, I think, most of the time. I could do with some more mountains. <laughs> I, I could do with a little bit of geography. Yeah. Um, land, like, diversity. Yeah, I wouldn't mind being able to hike at better places than where I currently hike. I'd also like, I mean, big is good and fun for living downtown and in my 20s. Um, It is harder to get outside of the city Mm. in this city, whereas in Vancouver, it's, you know, an hour tops to go anywhere you want. Like, if you want to be in the mountains, it's almost there right away. Yeah. Um, We do have a beautiful lakeshore. We do, yeah. It's a big lake, which is nice. Big lake, Lake Ontario. We are also quite close to the border. We're just a quick 
you know, two and a half hour drive. However, you're going into Buffalo, blah. So it's not like you want to go there. <laughs> yeah, but Vancouver twinning with Seattle is pretty nice. So much nicer. And then down to Seattle's my Portland, favorite. Down to you know, just the whole Pacific Northwest. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like you know, <laughs> I feel like yeah, Toronto's great and all, but it's like it's it's central. Like it's not on a coast. It's a central. Like, we're inland. Yeah, we're an inland city. We have a lake, but like it doesn't lead anywhere. I mean, I guess technically it does. Leads to Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not. It's not going anywhere. It's not a coastal city, and I think. More often you than not, you yeah. can't kayak across the Pacific to Japan. Correct. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't swim to to Japan, which yeah. you know is something I obviously would totally want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think like Toronto is great, but I I would prefer like I like Seattle a lot. Um, I also really like Halifax. Mm-hmm. I like coastal. I like coastal places. So yeah. Toronto's lacking in that way. I would mm-hmm. say that coastal vibe. That coastal vibe. Yeah, we're so interior. This interior. Mm. We're also like most people, for the record, um, for listeners who are not from Toronto, we totally know in Toronto that everywhere else pretty much hates us um, because we have egos the size of Canada. Um, so, uh, yeah, totally get that the rest of Canada is not usually the biggest fans of Toronto or Torontonians, um, mostly because we think we are the best city in the country. Mm. Though I would argue that. <clears throat> we are. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's my whole point. Um, so, yeah. So, I know that we're not the most loved of cities, but, I mean, similarly, everybody hates the Maple Leafs. Like, everybody just, everybody just hates us here in Toronto. Mm. But Toronto loves itself, so we do just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chelsea is a good inside track and champion of Toronto. I really am, yeah. Like, I will talk about its, its pitfalls and whatever, but I am a... I'm a true lover of my, mm. my my city. Yeah, I always forget about that when I I've lived here for five and a half years now mm-hmm. at least. Um, and back in when I was a little youngin, a wee one, a wee one. Um, yeah, like my friend group was split when I was deciding to move here. Yeah, um, and that vibe and that sort of West Coast feel about the rest of Canada. And I mean. BC is also sort of differently positioned in that way because there is, Canada is so big and there is a lot of West Coast isolation in terms of politics, in terms of agendas and things like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I remember Toronto having that rep, being the center of the universe, being just like big jerks. Yep. (laughs) Um, And half of my friends being like, why would you ever want to move there? Yeah. I often wonder if it's similar to the vibe that Americans have about New York. Like, I don't know if that's true, but it's just a thought I've had. But I think universally, New York is still loved. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, where Toronto is not. Where it's like more like, oh, haters are going to hate because we know we, like, arguably New York worldwide is like... A pretty dope shit. city. Yeah, it's a ship. <laughs> and they know it. And then everyone knows it. Yeah. yeah. But I think, like, I mean, a thing that sets us apart from the states and why we have issues the, the way we're describing is because in the states, you, as a state, you determine a lot of your own laws. Like, there's a lot of state determination. Mm-hmm. And Canada has a much stronger federalist government. Um, so, like, I know... Here in Canada, for example, we do have breakdowns province by province. So, like, Ontario has its own education system. And Mm -hmm. we, like, there are certain things that the province takes care of and then certain things that the government 
in um, federally takes care of, but I think federally they take care of a lot more than they do in the states, and so therefore it can sometimes be like, like Toronto has the biggest population, Ontario has the largest population, so it can feel like the federal government is acting in the interests of Ontario and not necessarily in the interests of BC or Alberta, which right. whose interests are vastly different. Right. Like, and BC's interests are vastly different than Newfoundland's interests, mm-hmm. right? Like we have a huge span. Definitely. And so a federalist government doesn't always have unite. yeah unite because it's hard I think to to do that and though we're not getting rid of it anytime soon let's be honest because we don't want to end up more like the states that's not the way you want to go but mm. yeah it's definitely something that I think people resent Ontario for um, and I don't blame them like I think it's it can be frustrating too that we have such like a large influence over federal government policy but I mean yet, we're very close to the capital <laughs> yeah we're very close to the capital um, yeah it's yeah I can see that I, mm-hmm. I see that definitely think <laughs> I definitely think Ontario doesn't deserve to have the ego that it has <laughs> um, oh that's yeah that okay as we are bringing our inaugural podcast to episode a, to a close <laughs> what did we even accomplish in this podcast what do we have to look forward to <laughs> yeah um, definitely more conversation about frisbee um, we're First tournament is this weekend, so we're definitely oh, gonna, yeah. we're gonna sports cast. We not are at all, but debuting yeah. our 2018 team. Yeah, roster, roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, gonna be a big deal. It is a big deal. At we're gonna have our first real practice this week. We are. Yeah, we're gonna be working at the Kings, which is hard. It's hard to have your debutante ball and not. Really, I feel I, this must be like a good analogy of being like you've just like you're in the middle of puberty. You barely know where to put your hands and feet at any given moment, and you're just still figuring it out. <laughs> and then go dance in front of people. Yeah, dance monkey. Yeah, that's basically exactly what it's like. Yeah. We have no idea what we're doing, but we're gonna go play eight. No, four games on Saturday four and games. then maybe games on Sunday. Um, yeah, and, and be judged. And be judged, yeah, and have scores and values placed on us as a team. So mm-hmm. it's definitely intimidating um, being a – I mean, all the teams are facing similar problems, but we're all sort of new. You always have turnover and you have tryouts and whatever. So we are doing debuting a very new team this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely think there's, like, a, a scary – vibe to the weekend Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we're going to talk about that we'll tell you guys how we did and (laughs) we'll recap recap. we've talked a little bit about maybe sports casting things um we can't sports cast our own games because obviously we're in them but certainly we could sports cast other games slash we talked about sports Mm -hmm. casting some of Colin's basketball yes that might still happen yeah, it would be so I, noisy. I feel like you know what basketball is, but <laughs> no, this is why sports casting would be so funny because you actually understand basketball and I understand zero about basketball. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I understand that we got trounced by the Cavs, right? Like I, yes. I know that happened. LeBron yes. is much better than we are. LeBronto. Yeah, LeBronto. That was sad. Although I thought I don't know if you saw this, but one of the Toronto players. Um, was in an interview after, and one of the stupid news people was like, so what do you think about this LeBronto and the memes on the internet and the whole social media that's saying LeBron owns Toronto and the player was so great? He was just like, I don't know, man. We go in a bubble. Like, I don't look at that kind of stuff. That doesn't matter. Like, it was a great, great mm-hmm. response. I, I yeah. thought he did well to, to off offset that. But, yeah, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, what is one non-ultimate but life-related oh, we're gonna summer th- thing? <laughs> Oh, I mean, we have book club. We're going to talk a bit about book club. Ooh. We're going to try to talk about the books. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we reading now? 
King Rat. King Rat. Yeah. I'm not sure that that discussion will continue on the podcast. No. Except we will talk about maybe other f- funny, funnier maybe books or slash like bad books that we read. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what other things do we do in the summer with our life? Dara? What do we do? We eat food. Ooh, foods. We can review things. We don't know. We We're going to have fun with this. <laughs> um, feel free to tell us, either in person <laughs> or on the internet. In person. Yeah. <laughs> to how much you either hate yeah, it or love to our, to our three listeners, yeah. <laughs> please call us in person. <laughs> tell us when you see us um, what you thought. Uh, working at the Kinks, obviously. And we will chat with you guys next time. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.